Have you ever wanted to hide under the bed or a rock instead of doing what you need to do to launch or grow your consulting or coaching business? I know I have. Listen into today's episode to discover why you're totally normal and actually doing great if you ever experience the agony of questioning your worth as a consultant or coach. Had enough? Are fears and questions about your worth keeping you on the sidelines instead of making a powerful impact and income with your consulting or coaching? You're in the right place. I'm Betsy Jordan, and with my background as a consultant, entrepreneur, and personal brand builder, I'm here to say enough already. Let's uncover and package your brilliance together. Hi there, and welcome to the Enough Already podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan. Do you know the number one thing that holds really smart consultants and coaches back from achieving their potential? I can promise you it's not a lack of marketing skills or strategy. It's not even a lack of time or money. It's 100% about fear. So let's talk about fear. Fear isn't a singular thing. There's many facets and things we might fear. We might have fears that we won't earn enough money or be afraid of failure and all that kind of stuff. But after mentoring hundreds of consultants or coaches through their business build and their brand building process, I'm going to tell you there's one kind of fear that's most challenging to people like us. And that is imposter syndrome. Okay, so you're probably thinking, what in the world is imposter syndrome? So what it is, is it's what happens when High-achieving people, like us, have a hard time internalizing their accomplishments, and they worry that they've been faking it and thus live in fear of being exposed as a fraud. And it's extremely costly if not dealt with. This is what's behind marketing fears, feast or famine income cycles, the chase for low-paying work, getting stuck, stalled out, all that kind of stuff. And there's so many ways that imposter syndrome shows up. I experience this all the time with my clients. I call these the oh shit moments. These are the ones where they're like, oh my God, are you really asking me to do this? I'm having a meltdown. You know, these are the times where I know they just get so mad at me because I'm making them feel so vulnerable. But it happens at the moments when my clients are trying to decide like, hey, should I leave corporate and start my own business? That's one of those moments. Or with, for example, like with my clients, Josh and Christy, when they were trying to figure out the difference between the business that they thought they should have and the one they really wanted. They thought they really wanted to start a consulting business working for family-owned businesses. But as we uncovered a lot of the essence of their brand, they really wanted to start a coaching business for blended families. And they were perfectly suited. They already had a podcast. It aligned to their story. It aligned to their gifts. And that was a no-shit moment. Or this whole idea of letting go of that, just getting out there and getting clients and working on a marketing system. So I remember working with another one of my clients and we were trying to go through that whole process where it's like, okay, because the just getting out there to get clients feels a lot like how you got a job. So doing the marketing system is totally new. I cannot tell you how many of my clients wanted to just die when we talked about putting their picture on their homepage, that's a big issue. Or how many of my clients had their website sitting at launch and never they were ready to launch, but there was failure to launch. It happens all the time, starting a podcast. Oh my gosh, and when you put a proposal together, you have an actual client who's interested in you and you put a fee against what your services are. Those are all of those oh shit moments. So every time you have that anxiety, That's imposter syndrome showing up. So you could say, hello, there you are, imposter syndrome. You are there. I see that. So it's really important to understand what imposter syndrome is all about and how to recognize it because it's not going to be if you're going to have these moments. It's when and how and how well you handle them will ultimately define your potential. 
You got to handle it at every stage of growth. I'm dealing with imposter syndrome right now. This is a brand new podcast and I'm taking my thought leadership to the next level. And I'm having an oh shit moment of like, oh my God, can I really do this? My partner, Jen, is in the same boat because she's moving from the COO spot in our company to really being our chief coaching officer, if you will. And this is a new promotion for her. So we're both in these new roles. So it happens at every juncture. So even for someone like me who's had my business for 10 years, I have so many imposter syndrome moments. So that's completely normal. If a part of you knows that you want to have a business that feels like you, that reflects the depth of everything that you can offer, and there's another part of you that's terrified by that very same idea, definitely head on over to my website at www.betsyjordan.com and learn all about our personal guidance and our structured support and all of our different programs. My team and I will help you bring your dream business to life while giving you the clarity and confidence that you need because let me tell you, imposter syndrome is real and a much bigger deal for consultants and coaches like us. So the other thing though I want to encourage you with though is Dealing with your imposter syndrome might be something that you think is in the way of your highest potential as a consultant or coach. It actually is the way to your highest potential as a consultant or coach. Dealing with imposter syndrome is the path. That's why I've decided that I'm going to invest in several episodes on this podcast to deal with imposter syndrome because it's the path. It's everything that you need. The solution will be in the problem. So what I want to do in this particular episode is I just want to normalize the experience of posture syndrome. I'll get to the strategies later in the next episode, but right now I want you to walk away feeling normal. It's a big deal for all business owners and everybody who goes through some sort of major transition, but for consultants and coaches like us, it is a far bigger deal. So I want you to understand why this is so difficult for you so that you could say, oh, okay, I might have imposter syndrome and I'm completely normal, and it actually makes sense. So let's dive into it. Number one, one of the biggest reasons why this is such a big deal for consultants and coaches like us is we are the business, we are the brand. There is nowhere to hide. Growing or consulting or coaching business is not like other businesses that you could start. Unlike companies that offer professional specialized services like a lawyer, accountant, or even a yoga studio, they meet established needs. What we do is we meet needs that we, in many ways, we help our clients create. So they're not always looking for a consultant or coach. They're looking for maybe other solutions and we redirect them to consultants or coaches, but they're looking for a different kind of solution versus a lawyer. When you know you have a legal need, you go to a lawyer and then you're just trying to figure out who. We've got another challenge. And then unlike other companies who sell tangible products, we're the product. Oh my gosh, this is why it's so tempting to want to show up as that extra pair of hands that you really don't want to show up as, but it's tempting because you could hide, you know, or you want to be that paid by the hour subject matter experts versus using your strengths and your story and your unique way of of being in the world to create change. I mean, it's just so much easier to hide behind the methodology because otherwise it's just so difficult. That's why your website becomes such a challenge because it would be so much easier. Like if you, even if you were in marketing working for a company, it's really easy for you to do a website. You could do that all day long because it's not you. Here, you're selling yourself. You're not selling your programs or even your tools. That's not gonna be what makes a, a website successful. A lot of people come to me when they have websites that weren't converting because they were trying so hard to sell their methodology. And I had to tell them like, you know, your clients really don't care about their methodology. You don't, they are not hiring you for your methodology. They're hiring you and your relationship. So this is why I always encourage our clients through all of the website builders use ample pictures of themselves because 
It's not about shameless self-promotion. I'm not a fan of shameless self-promotion. It's about creating that limbic heart-to-heart connection. That's going to be what helps your clients connect with you on your website, but it's also what's going to be what helps your client go through the transformation that you want to help them with. So it's extremely vulnerable to be seen in this way. And don't get me started about how vulnerable it is to put content out there. You know, as a prolific content creator, I've put content out for years. And I remember at the beginning, just putting out like a blog post or a newsletter or a social media post, and it got to nothing, especially the crickets. The crickets are the worst. And I thought I would die with agony when I would get crickets or when I would get unsubscribes. So of course we want to hide behind our methodology or certification because it doesn't hurt as much if they reject those things because that's just what we know. It's not who we are. So in order to overcome that vulnerability of being the business and being the brand, I would love for you to really cultivate your appreciation for the power of your strategic partnership and its and its role in creating the heart transformation you want to see in your clients. When you see that it's not about you, but for them, the easier it will be. Number two, as consultant or coaches, we're head people. So it's easy for us to get in our heads, especially when we want to move from the zone of competence to the zone of genius. So here's the thing. Our power alley is our logical and clear thinking or our broader perceptions. That's how we create results in our clients. And we help them see things differently, think about things differently. And this amazing brain that we have, it works against us. And so, as you know, any strength to an extreme becomes a weakness. So it makes sense, right, that overthinking comes with the territory. I can tell you how many times I work with my clients and they spend so much time thinking, 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 thinking. And then you add to the mix that if you are trying to leave corporate and start a consulting or coaching business, it's that you want to do different kind of work. It's not that you don't want to do the same work that you did in the past. You want more fulfillment. I love the book. The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, where he talks about moving from the zone of competence, which is what we're efficient at and that other people do, and our zone of excellence, which is what we're tremendously skilled at due to practice over time, to our zone of genius, where we capitalize on our innate abilities, which feels like flow to us. So again, we're making that move. And you know what? That survival brain, remember, doesn't like it so much. So if you want to get out of your head, drop into your heart. That's the solution here. So what you want to do is you want to drop in your heart. And I have to tell you, the truth is, is that your strengths are what people have been paying you for all along. You might think it's what you know, but it's what your strengths are. I'll never forget this. When I first pivoted my business from consulting to mentoring, I did this research project with all my former executive clients to ask them, like, what are you looking for in a consultant or coach? And what do you want them to know about you? And one of my clients who referred me constantly, I worked with him for years and years and years, and he referred me to so many different people, was willing to get on the phone with me. And we talked for over an hour. And what he told me is that the majority of executives are bringing in consultants and coaches for the majority of the time because of political issues, not economic issues. So as I probed him a little bit more, his name was Brad. I'm like, so Brad, you've referred me all these times. It had nothing to do with my abilities as an organization development consultant, nothing about my Disney experience. It was about my ability to manage stakeholders and my ability to frame ideas and frame thoughts through my facilitation skills and through my one-on-one. 
And that's what he said. Absolutely. He's like a hundred percent of the time. I'm like, seriously, all of this time, it has nothing to do with my master's degree in organization development, nothing to do with my pedigree from the Disney experience. It has a hundred percent to do with my strengths. He's like, yep, a hundred percent of the time. And I thought about it. I'm like, this is super interesting. So as I pivoted from consulting to mentoring, I realized that my clients are paying for me for the exact same strength. What I do now is, is not all that different. I help people sort and organize all the thousands of thoughts that they have in their head, put words to it, and manifest it. Right now, I do it from a brain building standpoint before I was doing it from a strategic standpoint with executives. So it's different. It's not different. Actually, it's the same. So what I get paid for has always been my superpower. And this plays out over and over again with all of my clients. I find it really interesting when I was working with Lori, who was this amazing, she comes from this um, finance background, and then she got a Six Sigma, and she's got this process expertise. But what her sweet spot is, is she uses all of that knowledge in service to her overall gift, which is as a mediator, an ability to bring together harmony between many different stakeholders. That's her superpower. She's always had the superpower. But when we dove into her backstory, she's been like this ever since she was a child. And I could tell you story after story around how my clients are who they have always been, but it's just the expression of these gifts that change into this new iteration. So here's the action I would love for you to consider. Start paying attention to when you are in your zone of genius and when work is in flow. This is what you should build your business on. And this will help you get out of your head and get into your heart because you'll start noticing and it will feel logical. So then you can convince your brain that this is what you need to do. So every time somebody compliments you and you shrug it off, it's like, ah, that's just nothing. That is the zone of your genius. That is what you're supposed to be building your business on. Go call one of your, your parents or your siblings and ask them, what were you like as a child? What did you like to play with? That will tell you so much around what is your power alley and what you are amazing at. This is what you build your business on. And when you use your strengths, it is the most logical, profitable path, but you need to convince your head. All right, number three, the incredible strengths of our golden handcuffs, both positive and negative. So here's the thing about your corporate experience. It creates these golden handcuffs that can act a lot like a straitjacket, which triggers imposter syndrome in so many ways. So hitting the top of your profession is really a mixed bag. Sure, it can be pretty amazing, right? It's really nice to get that steady and nice paycheck for sure and the generous bonuses, but it's also nice to have the title and the office size that impresses people, if we're going to be really honest here. It's also great to have that authority and confidence to make things happen. And knowing the lingo and having an ability to go into any meeting and wow people, that's pretty amazing, right? And this is all great until it's not. So hitting the top of your profession can be great until it's not great. It's hard when it just doesn't feel as fulfilling as expected. The burnout and all of the exhaustion that goes along with it. And then for me, this was the worst part. I hated how I was labeled in, um, from all the performance reviews where you're put in a box. Like, here's the leadership competencies, and I need to be evaluated against these leadership competencies, even if they're not necessarily my values or my standards. So it can feel very confining. So even though what got you here isn't going to get you there, 
you know and trust what got you here, right? So that's why this is so difficult as well. So the imposter syndrome comes up because this felt pretty good and breaking free from this strength. This is why mid-career people like us have a harder time. If you were in your 20s and entrepreneurship was your first career, it would not feel as challenging. But this is not where you're at. You're mid-career and you have a lot invested in everything that got you to date. The other thing is that in order to move into this new place, you've got to let go of that corporate identity that you also don't like. So you have a mixed feeling about it. And then the other complication, I'm just going to add in one other thing, is a lot of people around you are extremely invested in that old version of you. I can't tell you how many times my clients, especially when we do our intro calls, are thrilled to talk with Jen, Jen and myself or me alone or either one of us. And they're like, oh, I'm so relieved because there's so much pressure that I have from everybody around me. They all are thinking, well, why don't you just go back and get a corporate job? I don't understand. This makes no sense. And we understand because we've done it. So that's why it's so much more challenging. So it feels safer to go back to that identity. So the action that I would encourage you to think about at this point is just using a go slow to go fast approach with your business build. You don't want to go out with those frenzied action to just get out there and get clients because you need to have that time and space to let that old false identity die and give your real self the space to emerge so that you can break free from the golden handcuffs because what you want is the vision for who you actually are and the joy to be larger than even some of those psychic benefits that you got before. So that's number three. And then finally, okay, this is going to be one of the more challenging parts of this episode and about the imposter syndrome. And that is the shame of our origin stories and what got us here to want to start our business. So we're change agents. We know that people change due to pain, vision, or consequences. But we also know that most of the time it's pain or consequences. And every single one of my clients who finally made the leap, it was pain. It was pain of a job loss intolerable job redefinition, burnout, divorce, or failure. So as you try to go brave and bold with your business, there's this companion of that shame of being found out about the circumstances that got you here. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my story is when I was going from my transition from corporate leadership to business ownership, and it wasn't just my career that I was shaking up. I was also shaking up my marriage. So I was in the middle of a divorce that decimated me financially. I was literally down to $200 in the bank when my grandmother died. And when I was trying to decide, well, which way do I want to go? Do I want to go back and go all in on my business or what should I do? And this grandmother, she was an inspiration to me. She was a single mother in the 40s and she was this entrepreneur. And I knew with this money, I wanted to honor her. So I took that money and I threw it into my business. This is when I really went all in on my business. And I hired a mentor and a web strategist who was encouraging me to create content and videos, which actually became my calling card and the main source for clients that I've had for years and years and years. But I did all of that work while I was sitting in an apartment because I was in transitionary housing and I was sitting on a chair with a laptop because I couldn't afford a desk at the time. So on the one hand, I'm trying to go big and bold, but meanwhile, I'm doing all of this work while I'm sitting there with no money and not sure what to do. So when I um, first launched my website on my YouTube channel, I thought I would die from the agony of being seen. You know, that I felt like I had to hide, that I did all of this stuff when I was going through such a difficult time in my life. And I know I'm not alone here. 
I've had clients who got fired and then they decided to start a consulting business, not even just laid off, but they got fired for very personal reasons. And it was really hard for them to go out because it's like, well, who's going to listen to me? But even the clients who got laid off for no apparent reason of their own, like they had nothing to do with it, they still feel shame over it. Or one of my clients, she's absolutely amazing. You know, she came to business ownership because she got burnt out. But she was able to use that experience to help other people. That actually became the the source of her brand. So what I could tell you now 10 years later after my difficult time is that what you feel cripples you actually qualifies you for the business that you want to create. Without my experience of being at the bottom of the bottom when I was starting my business, I would not be the mentor that I am now. I think what makes me unique as a mentor and as a brand builder is I get it. You know, I get how critical the crossroads are. I get all of the challenges and I get what is really required to get us to move, right? But I also get what it's like to have those money fears. I had those money fears. I could have chosen where I could have literally fed the babies for the next few months or I could have invested in my business and I understand how important that crossroads is and I'll tell you the end of that story is I did go all in I invested it in my business and within two weeks I got my first lead that led to a big contract and I was up and running and I think that the universe rewarded some of that faith and I think some of it is is I went through that business build process where I built my confidence writing those articles writing those blogs rebuilt my shattered confidence that was decimated not just I wasn't just decimated financially from the divorce I was decimated from a self-esteem standpoint, but digging in and writing those blogs and doing those videos rebuilt my confidence so that when I was standing in front of the client, I was able to tell them clearly that I'm an investment that will deliver a return. I'm not an expense to be managed. And I wouldn't have gotten that if I didn't dig in and do that work. So it's really important to know that what cripples you actually qualifies you and what you think is in your way is actually the way to the business that you want. I could tell you other stories from other clients. My client, Don, is somebody who's an expert in helping midlife men transform their lives from soup to nuts. And he's been through that process and he's got the scars. People believe him because he's been there. Um, Heather is this amazing efficiency consultant who helps visionary leaders efficiently implement their visions. And she's all about the time because she's a breast cancer survivor and she knows how precious time is. So this is what creates this bigger why with the business. So my action as it relates to this point is just thank those challenges that got you to finally make the move into consulting or coaching. They will serve you in the future, even if you can't see it right now. So let's recap the four reasons why imposter syndrome is a normal and massive challenge for consultants and coaches. Number one, we're the business, we're the brand, there's nowhere to hide. Number two, we're head people. So it's easy for us to get in our heads, especially from when we want to move into our zone of genius. Number three, the incredible strength and durability of those golden handcuffs. It's not just our career that's in flux. It's our professional and personal identity that's in flux that makes it really hard. And number four, the shame of our business origin stories. Something wasn't working that made you choose to flip up your life. And it's a process to see failure and pain as necessary suffering and a gift rather than something to hide and something that will eventually qualify you even more as a consultant or coach. So imposter syndrome, it's expected. It's part of the process. 
What I want you to do next is just start to notice imposter syndrome when it shows up. Whatever you do, please, please, please don't call it a gremlin and don't give it a nasty name. Be kind and compassionate because this part of you is not trying to hurt you. It's just trying to help you survive. It just is not completely invested in your highest potential. And I'll explain more about what I mean about that in our next episode in this imposter syndrome series. So please continue joining me in these series because I want you to be able to engage your imposter syndrome in a way that it turns into your ally and helps you through your journey of making a difference and changing your life with your consulting or coaching. And if you need help right now, if you need a safe place to spin out and express any collection of stressors and fears, please do me a favor. Join me on my website, www.betsyjordan.com, and book some time with my partner, Jen. My partner, Jen, is literally the best as someone who can calmly bear witness to anybody's challenges. She's so great at helping you deal with what you're dealing with right now and give practical solutions. I cannot tell you how many times she's done this with all of our clients who are starting to spin out and they needed someone who could help keep them on track. And Jen is literally the best at that. So go ahead and book some time. If you want to learn a little bit more about Jen and you want a little free intro time, you could book some time there or check out our strategy sessions that Jen does and book extra time with her. She will get you over this quickly and she will help you figure out how you get to a point where you are confidently building your dream business. So definitely do that. And for sure, join me in the next episode and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire on you, please rate and review Enough Already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit my website, BetsyJordan.com, B-E-T-S-Y-J-O-R-D-Y-N. You'll find e-courses and blogs that offer roadmaps for your success. Don't wait, start today.